Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Kathy. Tobin. We're going to kick off the episode in the woods of Kentucky. More specifically, at a lake. Right, so here's Cabron Lake. Wow. This is the dam. This is David Moore. He's showing me around Rowan County, where he's lived for over a decade. This part of Kentucky is pretty rural, so it's possible sometimes to feel like you're all alone out here. It's pretty huge. I'm just gonna, I'm just showing you this part, but it goes on and on and on. (laughs) Some people fish here, and some people swim here. This is not really the swimming area. We actually have like a beach area that they put the sand in and everything. This is one of his favorite places. I think that this is, this is Kentucky to me, you know? This is Main Street. There's one street. (laughs) About a 20-minute drive from the lake is downtown Moorhead, the heart of Rowan County. Yeah, we pass the coffee shop too. A lot of, a lot of liberal people hang out there because they feel comfortable there. And toward the end of Main Street is a place that holds a painful memory. It's the Rowan County Courthouse. The first time I went in, after that it all happened, it was like this weight. It was so heavy, and I just felt crushed when I went in, which I guess is just anxiety or whatever, I don't know. But it was, I couldn't even control the way I felt. But it's not really the building itself that gives him anxiety. It's someone who works there. Do you remember Kim Davis? Kim Davis. Kim Davis. Kim Davis. The Kentucky clerk who refuses to issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples. She believes that her religious right supersedes the Supreme Court. In 2015, she became this national fascination. She was everywhere. If you are an elected official, you have to do what the government tells you to do. Yeah, exactly. But as long as she's working for the federal government of the United States of America, she is also bound to that job. Yeah, I can even remember what she looks like, down to, like, how she wore her hair. I remember it being, like, straight down with a little poof of hair above her forehead. Yeah, and I mean, some people thought of her as this cartoonish villain. Some people saw her as a folk hero. The whole thing snowballed. Obey the law! Obey the law! Mike Huckabee showed up. The tyranny of people who believe they can take our freedom and conscience away. She got to meet the Pope. He said... Thank you for your courage. And in the end, she basically got her way. The governor of Kentucky said county clerks didn't have to sign marriage licenses to make them legal. Kim kept her job, a job that had actually been in her family for years. Her mother mother, was the county clerk for for 37 years. And she's been for 24. And her son is a deputy. And my question is, are there no other people to elect in Rowan County? Great question, underappreciated The View host Michelle Collins. Because yes, there are other people to elect, like this man. This is our memory of our marriage for the rest of our life. This is David Ermold. He's an English professor who is aiming to take on Kim Davis in this year's election for county clerk. He's also the husband of David Moore, who you heard giving me the tour. In 2015, the couple had gone to the courthouse three times for a marriage license, and each time they were denied. What she has done is unconscionable, it's unforgivable, it's absolutely, absolutely ludicrous. And from the moment he announced he was running, people lost their damn minds. 
When Kim Davis decided to run for re-election for Rowan County Clerk in Kentucky, she probably did not expect her opponent to be a man she denied a marriage license to two years ago to wed his partner and now his husband. And that's David Ermold. It felt like something out of a movie, especially when, as county clerk, Kim registered David for the race. They shook hands and everything. Here's your receipt. And maybe win. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Y'all have a wonderful day. Ellen DeGeneres tweeted about David's campaign, saying, in case you like to vote for awesome people. Ellen freaking DeGeneres? Ellen freaking DeGeneres. Right? And when Ellen calls, I answer. So in February, I flew down to Kentucky as David got his campaign up and running. I wanted to see what it was like to run as an openly gay politician in a conservative part of America. But also, what's it like to go up to the woman who denied you your rights and challenge her to a rematch? With your hosts, Tobin Lowe and Kathy Tu. Can I just ask before we go any further, Mm -hmm. what does a county clerk do? You know what? I didn't know the answer to this either before I started working on this story. (laughs) Okay. So it varies a little from place to place, but county clerks are generally in charge of a lot of public records, so like Mm. birth certificates, death certificates. Okay. They also run local elections, so it's it's like a lot of organizational stuff. So what I'm hearing is Mm -hmm. I would kill it at this job. You would be very good at this job. This job job has Kathy, too, written all over it. Uh So I could run for county clerk somewhere in New York. I, I don't know, Kathy. Back to David. All right. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Nice to meet you in person. Was it? No, it's nice to meet you. Was it hard to to find your way? So the first time I get to meet David face-to-face is at the opening night party for his campaign offices. He's just come from his day job at the University of Pikeville, and he looks the part. Button-down shirt tucked into khakis, glasses. His campaign offices are in a one-story house on the main street of town. David's standing out front shaking hands. And as he's giving me a lay of the land, he mentions the courthouse down the road. You cannot avoid it. So it's a really nice facility. And that's going to be where I'm working in, uh, you know, about eight, eight months, I guess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be my job in eight months, right? It is. Yeah. That little affirmative just came from Derek Collette. He's David's campaign manager. Derek is one of the early signs that this campaign is legit. I have been actively working as a paid person in politics since 2014. He's worked on Senate campaigns. He worked for Hillary Clinton's first presidential campaign in Kentucky. Was the field director for a special election here for a guy named Bill Nolker, and then I went back and worked for Hillary again during the primary here in Kentucky. I don't mean this in any kind of way, but you have a lot of experience. What drew you to the county clerk election in Rowan County? Side note, it's actually pronounced Rowan, classic out-of-town reporter mistake. Which, I mean, like, to the outside world is, like, kind of a smaller election. It is, but, you know, as you can tell from my voice, I'm an Eastern Kentucky native myself, and it's important to me that my people be portrayed accurately. And I do feel that um, we're no different than anybody else and no other group of people here. We have good people, we have bad people, we have smart people, and unfortunately, we have a few stupid people. Inside, there's a real party going on. Big trays of barbecue, a live band. There are pins and T-shirts with David's name on them. And the true mark of anything being official 
there are interns. I'm Kayla Bowen. I'm an intern with the David Armel for County Clerk campaign. I'm Aidan Paulson. I'm an intern for the David Armel campaign. Where are you guys originally from? I'm from Hazard, Kentucky. Is it literally spelled H-A-Z-A-R-D? Yes, like the hazard. It is hazardous place. It's terrible. Don't go there. <laughs> the second I heard that he was running, I, I knew that it was going to be a great thing and that it, it's, it's important for rural America to have that representation. Gay people are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. In fact, it kind of feels like every out queer person in the county is here and excited. Like 22-year-old student Quincy Swain. I have faith in him and I believe in him. You think he's going to win? Yes, most definitely. I will see to it. I will do everything in my power. Eventually, I find my way back to Derek, the campaign manager. And he's in a good mood. Yeah, I'm not bad, you know. You're not bad. I'm not bad for being from a holler that's so deep and dark you have to pump sunshine in by the day and moonshine out by the night, so. Derek tells me that Round County's registered Democrats outnumber Republicans by about two to one. David's running as a Democrat, so you'd think that works in his favor. But a Democrat in Kentucky is not necessarily like a Democrat in other parts of the country. We have about 9,000 approximately registered Democrats and about 4,000 to 4,500 registered Republicans. Now you have to take into account that much like the Reagan Democrat phenomenon across Illinois and Ohio and Michigan during the 80s, that we kind of have a Trump Democrat phenomenon going on in eastern Kentucky because of the way he talked about coal and some other things. And when I get David away from the party for a moment, I start to see that he's not quite as confident as he was inside. So I know that Kim Davis will be able to peel some Democrats off. It's not as easy as a lot of people think. They, they think, well, yeah, you're standing up for Just the right then, someone drives right, by and yells out the window at David. It's not, it's, there we go, right? Proof, proof right there, you know? We have, we have minds to change. We have people to change. What did, I missed what he just yelled. He said Kim Davis for life. Yeah. I was born in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Philadelphia. What was coming out like for you? That was really awkward, I think. You know, I all the way through high school was, was kind of a difficult time. I spent a lot of time in my bedroom away from people, mm. you know, and just kind of avoided any kind of discussions over things like that. But eventually, he did come out. At that time, you know, computers were not as prevalent in people's homes. I didn't have one. David didn't have one. You know, and we used to drive back and forth to the library. It really was a pen pal relationship for, for almost a year. David eventually moved to Moorhead to go to graduate school at Moorhead State University and to be with his new boyfriend. I mean, even when me and Dave first got together, we were pretty private about everything. I'm in the car again with David Moore. I know it's probably confusing you that they're both named David, so I'll make sure to refer to this one as David Moore. Do you feel like you've been able to find like an LGBT community, like a sense of community? Um... It's still fractured, and it doesn't feel, you know, like if you get, like if we go to Lexington and we go to the bar there, you see people that know each other, they've known each other for years, they feel comfortable, they're supportive, 
you know, like if one of the drag queens dies, they have a big benefit and everybody's everybody knows that person because they've done so much in the community. Whereas here, you, you don't have that. And I think part of that is because we don't we don't have we don't have bars here. We don't have those places where you form your identity. You know, a lot of people do form their identities in gay bars or LGBT centers. We don't have an LGBT center. We don't have, you know. So it, the community is here, but it's, it's just kind of threaded and fractured a bit. Talking to him about being gay in this town, how most people are kind of quiet about their sexuality. I think back to that YouTube video of Kim denying him and his husband a marriage license. Is this what you want to remember? And how both of them are crying and yelling and being very loud. I mean, it does strike me, like, meeting you, you seem like a sort of mild-mannered kind of guy. In that video, you are, like, fighting. I mean, what was going on for you in that moment? It just reminded me of all those encounters I've had in my life and all that build up over time, just having to accommodate other people and make them feel comfortable and make them feel like, oh, well, oh, it's okay, and I'll, I'll just be over here in the corner, and I'll be, you know, you're good little gay or whatever and I won't bother you and you can go on and have your life and do whatever. I was just done with that. I was completely done. So. Oh, this is where we got married, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's pointing to a bell tower on the Moorhead State campus. It's a four-sided stone structure with large arches and words written on each side. It says justice, um, wisdom, love, and I think the other one is service on the other side. Yep. What was your wedding like? Oh, it was great. It was great. I'm going to get emotional again. Um, it was, um, it's like we, I just really, I never thought it would become legal in Kentucky, first of all, to be able to get married. I thought this would take the longest, basically. But we had been to go so long, I was like, as soon as it's legal here, we're going to go get married. That's what we should do. That's what we have to do, because we've been together so long. Yeah, and then our reception was like a costume party, Halloween reception. Yeah, it was fun. Were you dressed up as something? Oh, yeah. We were, um... <laughs> so Dave was um, the big bad wolf that had eaten Grandma, and I was, I was like Riding Hood, like a male version of, of Little Red Riding Hood. The two Davids are huge fans of horror movies, hence the Halloween-themed reception. I can't do horror movies. No, I really why not? Why not? <laughs> I don't know. They just stress me out. <laughs> I know, but I guess I like to feel that way a little bit. So you're good at handling stress? I think stress is a good motivator. You know, it really is. Anxiety, stress, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about, like, how stressful it must have been the whole... Kim Davis 2015 situation. Yeah, it was. It was stressful. And then the reaction to that was stressful, obviously. And then the media on top of that adds another layer. And then people expecting you to represent something else, something bigger, you know, so people have expectations of you. What did you feel like people wanted you to represent? I think a lot of people saw themselves in that story or in, in that encounter. So for us, it's kind of like we felt like we represented those people who, who felt oppressed in a lot of ways. Even after years of all this attention, the Davids still seem like they don't know what to make of it all. Before they tried to get married, they flew under the radar, and they liked it that way. 
But the act of asking to be recognized and respected turned them into symbols of a national movement. And it's brought cameras and crowds and reporters. And that's made a lot of local people really frustrated at David. I know why Obama has gray hair. (laughs) I know why they all have gray hair by the end of their presidencies, because I don't know how they could do it, you know, for that long. Um, And we're just doing a local race. Sitting in his election office, surrounded by campaign signs with his name on them, David has stress coming out of his pores. By entering the race, he's inviting all this attention, both good and bad. But David argues that by voting for him, people could restore the image of Round County to the rest of the country. I'm hoping that the people of our county are seeing, will see what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to give them the opportunity to redefine who they are. He also argues that despite having no previous experience in government, he can do this job. A lot of the people that have held that office or held similar offices, they have had a high school degree and they were able to perform those functions. You know, I mean, I have two master's degrees. But above all else, winning this election would feel like an opportunity for David to redefine himself. So it's always about, you know, what does somebody else think about me, you know, and and how much of ourselves do we repress and do we hold back just for the sake of others to feel comfortable And I'm tired. You know, I'm getting older. And I'm tired of having to sacrifice those things in my life. And I don't want to do that anymore. That must be a lot of pressure also. Yeah, I think about it all the time. Keeps me up at night. To be honest with you, I get maybe two to three hours worth of sleep because I I wake up thinking about something, sometimes dreaming about it. I had a dream uh, last week that Kim Davis was showing me around the office and how to do things. No kidding. (laughs) You know, so it just kind of pervades your mind. David is betting the people of Round County will see this election as an opportunity to take back the story they've seen all over the national news and say, no, Kim Davis doesn't represent this community. She's not us. But for David, it will answer another question, too. If I win this race, I fit into this community. Hmm. So it's like I'm saying, if I put myself out there and I'm being judged— you know, by others, which I kind of am. I mean, that's what she said I was going to have to face that day. She said, I'm going to have to face my judgment. Well, I'm going to face my judgment, and, and that's what I'm doing, you know. And I can finally feel like I fit into this community fully, and I'm accepted here. You talk about the symbolism of winning for you. Do you feel that there would be symbolism if you lost? Well, I think that's what worries me a lot, you know. I think um, it still closes the book. It says, you know, well, Round County wasn't quite ready to move in that direction, and and maybe maybe there's more work to be done. It helps that support has been flowing in from all over the country. But even that support comes with a certain weight. You know, we get a, a lot of... Um, we get donations from people who are on disability. You know, they, they're cleaning out their accounts a little bit that they have. They're sending that in. And that is what puts the pressure on me because they believe in what we're doing. They have faith in what we're doing. And I just, I don't want to let them down. I don't want to let them down. You know, and I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. It's going to be okay. Coming up, a word from Kim Davis. Nancy will be back in a minute.
Kathy, I want to tell you about one of my actual favorite podcasts, Las Culturistas. You talk about that show all the time. Yeah, it's like hanging out with your smartest, funnest, most pop culture savvy friends. It's hosted by Bowen Yang, you might know him from SNL or Nora from Queens, and Matt Rogers of Game Show and our cartoon president. Love them. Each week, they interview an amazing guest about the pop culture that shaped their life, and they do this hilarious thing where you can rant about a piece of culture that frustrates you. Mine would be speaking only roles in musicals. <laughs> okay. Episodes are released every Wednesday. Listen and subscribe to Lost Culturistas on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kathy. Tobin. Would you ever run for office? I would never run for office. No. No, the one time I worked on a campaign, I was in charge of emails, and I basically spammed everybody because they wouldn't let me have the unsubscribe link, which I think every email should have. And that pissed you off. Yeah, even like personal emails should have unsubscribe links. I see. So back to the story, I have a serious question for you. Did you, or did you not, interview Kim Davis? Well, okay. Waiting outside the Rowan County Courthouse. In my car. I put in multiple requests for an interview. Her lawyers declined. It is 7.15. The office opens in 45 minutes. So one morning, I went to see if I could get a statement from her. So we'll see if I can't run into Miss Davis. My name's Tobin. I'm the reporter in from New York. Ah! She didn't want to talk. She basically said David had a right to run if he wanted to, told me to take care and be careful out there. Later on, I sent her a list of questions, no response. And this was no big surprise. Kim doesn't really talk to the press. One of the few times she did was a big primetime interview with ABC News in 2015. I have friends who are gay and lesbians. They know where I stand. And we don't agree on this issue. And we're okay because we respect each other. So you would deny your friends who are in gay relationships, you would deny them a marriage license as well? I did. I can't put my name on a license that doesn't represent what God ordained marriage to be. Wait, did I hear her correctly? Did she just pull the I have a gay friend card? She did. But the thing is, she does have at least one gay friend. Pretty much my whole entire life, she's been around in some form or fashion. She was married to one of my relatives, one of her ex-husbands. This is Dallas Black, and in 2015, he made headlines as Kim's gay friend who was angry with her. At least part of that is true. Dallas is a friend of Kim's. And she's always been very nice to me. She's not generally a mean person. Well, she wasn't then. So when everything started to happen in 2015 and she was sort of doubling down on on her position, was that surprising to you? Yes, I was shocked. You know, she she knew that I was homosexual. Um, She never seemed like she had a problem with it. I didn't really expect it. I voted for her. But the more attention she got, the more she grew into someone Dallas didn't recognize. I mean, a lot of other people agree with her. You know, people that follow her and support her. It's kind of weird to say, follow her. But I think I was more afraid that she would get it in her head that she was some sort of religious figure. I mean, you could argue that she did get fully there in terms of believing that she was, like, the symbol of something. Yeah, I can I can see where that happened with her. 
in the end, though, I think she's still a very nice person, but I do believe she allowed herself to get swept up. She was sensationalized. The whole entire event was. I mean, did you ever have a moment with her where you were just like, what are, what are you doing? Yes, um, the first day. I was there early in the morning to protest, and I took about 10 minutes to go in there and speak to Kim personally to let her know that I was protesting her decision and that I did not agree with them. It was a polite conversation. We just looked at each other. She told me she still was my friend, and she said she still loved me. And I'm like, well, I love you. I just don't agree with you, and I think what you're doing is wrong and a little misguided. Were there moments where you were angry with her? No, I wasn't angry. It's like um, you have friends, obviously. Most people have friends. And your friend does something that you totally do not expect, something that personally affects you, hurts your feelings. You might get anger, but most of the time you're just disappointed that they did it. There's no such thing as a very good person and a very bad person. You have a spectrum. I mean, I have my bad qualities as well. I'm not going to talk about those. But, I mean, but sure, you have your bad qualities, but you weren't on ABC News espousing why people shouldn't be able to get married or why you believe that's wrong. She was out there being very vocal about something that could negatively affect you. Well, I listened to her speak, you know, whenever she was out there speaking. I believe that a lot of, you know, she was kind of pushed that way, kind of Mm -hmm. like an instrument. Um, Like she got swept up. She got the attention from the media. She got people who were sitting there telling her, you're doing God's work. I mean, that kind of stuff can get to your head a little bit, you know, fame. Um, she, I mean, she still came to me. Dallas's sadness about how his friend had changed, that really stuck out to me because I felt that from a lot of the people I talked to. Like, what happened at the courthouse changed everything. People in the community had to pick sides. The national attention disrupted their daily lives. And even though all the cameras left, it couldn't go back to being this quiet town anymore. Round County was infamous. It started uh, bringing in the, the loonies, man. It, it became pretty, pretty frightening, and, and it became more aggressive. This is Walter Doc Blevins, longtime Democrat. He's an executive judge in Round County which means he remembers the crowds, the protests, the feeling that it was getting out of control. I mean, do you sense at all then a, a hesitancy to revisit that potentially with a run? I think, I think all of us are concerned that it, it could uh, turn into that again. But Doc says that's actually not the main reason people might not vote for David. He says it's a bigger deal that for people who have lived here their entire lives, you know, grew up here, have multiple generations of family here, to them, David is an outsider. I think it matters they know you, because uh, people tend to vote in a in an election like this where people kind of grew up with individuals. They, they, I think it'll be easier for those people to get those people to vote. And right now, David isn't actually running against Kim Davis. He's running to run against her. It's the primary, and David is up against three other Democrats. 
One of them is Elwood Cottle Jr. He narrowly lost to Kim in the last election, so he's got a real shot. He also has experience in local government, and maybe even more importantly. Raised in Round County, grew up in Round County, went to school in Round County, been active in the Democrat Party in Round County. I think it'll be tough for him to kind of overcome that. Which is why it's so important that David meet the voters. Like most of the people I've called, have just they're just like, they don't know who David is, so they... They don't know who they're going to vote for. This is Kayla, the intern, again. We're back at the campaign offices talking about phone banking. Aiden, the other intern, says he's not having much better luck. He's getting a lot of disconnected phone numbers, the occasional confused old woman. She's like, honey, I can't hear you. Speak up. You're breaking up. And I was like, I'm sorry, Wilma. (laughs) Name recognition, still a problem. Which is why it's good that today, David's plan is to knock on doors, meet voters face-to-face. Not so good, it's pouring rain. There's a better day for this than today, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's a little little ridiculous. David is visibly tired and stressed. As the team starts to huddle up for Canvas training, campaign manager Derek is ready with handouts for everyone. But before he can begin, David wants to address the group. It's about their social media presence. They've recently been getting comments online, anonymous posters saying he's just in the election for publicity, that this whole thing is a stunt, and it's clearly wearing on David. You know, they can talk about publicity. They can say that that is a negative thing. That's what they're posting on that. I know. We read it. That's what they're doing. But you know what? We have a message that we're going to send out there. That's what this campaign is about. It is about that message. That is what it's about. And if they don't like us because we are going to work with the media when it comes in, then that's their problem. That's not ours. We're, I, I want us to do our job. That's what I want. That's what's important. Mm-hmm. Win or lose, we're going to send the best message that we can. And that's fun. That's fun. Right? Mm-hmm. So don't let those people get you down. Don't. It's hard enough with what we have to deal with, with people driving across the streets and Kim Davis forever and calling us whatever names that they call us. Right? But it's okay. It's okay because we're going to be above it. And win or lose, we're going to be above it because that's what we have to do. I'm sorry you're getting a school lecture from me today. This is what I do to my students, you know, all the time. But it's the truth. But anyway, okay, I'm sorry. Come on, I need to talk with you. Yeah. Derek ushers him into another room to talk privately. After a couple minutes, they return ready to hit the campaign trail. There's a break in the rain, and it's time to canvas. I let the Davids drive my rental car so I can sit in the back and record. Is it, how do I know, what do I do here? Is it started yet? Uh, hit start one more time. And eventually... Uh, there you go. Ooh, okay, now it's working. Now working. We get going to knock on doors. The strategy for this morning is to talk to people who have expressed interest in David's campaign, voters who may be likely to vote for him in the primaries. But listen, um, what concerns do you have about the office down there? Like, if there were things that you could change, that you think we could improve? This is David talking to a voter who doesn't want us to use his name. Um, I have, I mean, my interaction with it is to get my license renewed. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. I had to get my uh, deed to the house redone one time, and it was fairly efficient, so I don't have any, like... He says his experience with the county clerk has been fine. No complaints. 
David asks, well, what if we did text message alerts? Like, what if you got your notice to renew your driver's license on your phone? Uh, to me, that would like be uh, an important thing. Do you think uh, it'd be maybe to, to younger people? Possibly. I mean, my phone is uh, uh, just enough to do texting and calling, and I don't really have a smartphone, so that's not, that's not a thing. The conversation doesn't go much further. I mean, it's kind of hard to get excited about getting your license renewed. But he gives the guy a yard sign, and we move on. Right, so I'm here <laughs> to ask you a vote for me. Yes, yeah. yes, um, of course. But also, you know, kind of to meet people. And mm-hmm. They talk a little bit about the campaign before David asks him how he's been doing. I actually lost my job. Because, yeah. He trails off when David asks him why. Well, what do you think? I mean, do you think you're going to be able to find something? Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you will. You I'm will. not desperate yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I hope I hope things get better. Yeah. But, all right. Well, it should be. All right. But thank you. Hey, give me a hug. I appreciate it. Back in the car, I can see that David's bummed out. Well, that's frustrating. Yep. So, you're going to have a lot of that... When people yeah. tell you that their life sucks right now, you know. Yeah, and how do you respond to that when you're just, you know, and you can't running for county clerk and you can't really do anything? All you can do, I guess, is make that a little bit easier. David's running on big themes, like how the county defines itself, equality, fairness. But the job doesn't really make policy, at least it's not supposed to. I came to Round County because the stakes seemed so high. David Ermold and Kim Davis, they embody this national conflict. And if David could beat Kim, it would be like a sign that all the bullies of the world were on notice. But winning this election is going to be hard for David. I found out Derek left the campaign in March over strategic differences. And I've seen how people's expectations keep David up at night. I feel like I'm watching someone headed toward another heartbreak. Let's go to our questions now from our panel of reporters. Just last week, there was a political forum in Round County with the Democratic candidates. How should the county and the community respond to the possible influx of media during the election? Elwood Cottle Jr., the local guy who has a good shot at the nomination, answered first. You know, I really think what the media did last time and what was brought to Round County, I wish I had never witnessed And he goes in hard on how much 2015 messed up everyone's lives. He promises that if he gets the nomination, the national press won't be welcome, not on his watch. And if if they're all out there listening, I will do a little interview with you, but don't come back, because I don't want you back. (laughs) If I were a voter in Round County, I imagine how I might hear this. If we vote for David Ermold, he'll bring back that ugly spotlight to our community. And Mr. Ermold. I think, I think, uh, unfortunately, what happened in 2015... David starts by acknowledging that, yes, people outside the community will be interested in this election. But then he directly addresses the people in the audience, his neighbors, the people who could actually elect him. There's a reason why I decided to stay, even after everything that had happened, and why I'm standing on this stage tonight is because I'm willing to stand here for what I believe in, and I'm willing to stand here for this community because I believe and I have faith in you in doing the right thing. And what, I'm, what I suggest to you is I, I've been here long enough to know that you are my friends, you are my neighbors, 
and I support you, and I know basically that you support us as well. As far as the media, we're going to take care of that. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to send a positive message out there, and, the, and they are going to understand that Rowan County is one of the greatest places to live in Kentucky. One last thing. Hi, is this Tobin? Hey, David. Hi, how are you? A couple days ago, I called David to check in on him, and he's sounding optimistic. He's getting more sleep, and even though he lost his campaign manager, he now has a team of 11. And when I ask him about how he's polling... Well, you know, I mean, you're, you're asking me to give some information out to the other candidates out there. If they listen, I don't know if I really want to do that. <laughs> But I will absolutely say, you know, it, it's looking good. It looks good. So Election Day is May 22nd. Have you written any speeches one way or the other? Oh, I got you. I got you. So you want to know if I'm going to write a victory speech or a concession speech. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking about it. And uh, May 22nd is Harvey Milk Day. And I'm hoping to be able to write a speech, you know, or deliver something that really uh, talks about being able to continue what he was trying to do at the local level out in California. You know, rural politics, local politics matters. And if we can get ourselves in there and, and represent, you know, all the people in an equal way, I think that's a good thing. All right, it's credits time. Special thanks this week to Daniel DeRocher, Chuck Mraz, Leon Akers, and Richard Fletcher. Producer. Matt Collette. Sound designer. Jeremy Bloom. Editor. Jenny Lawton. Executive producer. Paula Schumann. I'm Kathy Tu. I'm Tobin Lowe. And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios. Producer, Matt Collette. Sound designer, Jeremy Bloom. Editor, uh, executive producer. Uh, I'm host. I'm the other host. And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios.